0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Finds Us podcast. Today, we have Giovanna Mullins, who is the co founder and CCO of A. Livia. A. Livia is a direct to consumer brand that makes beautiful clothing inspired by the expressions of creators with developmental disabilities. Giovanna went to Parsons in Central St. Martin's. She has interned or worked at Michael Kors. DVF or Diane von Furstenberg, Allison Olivia, and Sam Edelman. And then she started her own consulting agency for print design. And she has had clients like Coach, Rebecca Taylor, Ronnie Kobo, Cynthia Raleigh, American Eagle, and so much more. This brand, Olivia, was launched in April 2020, so it has just launched literally in the middle of COVID, so we're definitely going to talk about that, and 10% of revenue from each purchase goes directly to the Center for All Abilities. She has already been written up in Women's Word Daily, and Forbes, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be here.
0: Of course, well, let's dive right in. And do you want to start by walking us through your career path?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, 2011, I graduated from Parsons with uh, BFA in women's wear, um, just, just women's wear. At the time, they didn't have um, any specialties like textiles or anything like that. Um, and I immediately moved to London to intern for my favorite designer of all time. And my, probably one of my biggest, um, influences in my personal style, which was Matthew Williamson. And I had actually interned for him the summer before I graduate, like my going into my senior year, um, So I had spent two months interning in before I graduated. And then when I graduated, I wanted one last shot to intern again and, you know, praying and praying and praying that it would turn into a job because that was my ultimate dream job in life. Um, And it did. (laughs) So after two, yeah, it was very, um, it was very surreal. And my parents were obviously not very happy because I was so far away. But I had interned there for two more months after graduation and then ended up getting hired. So um, I spent two years uh, working for him as an assistant designer. And that is where I just fell in love with prints and embroidery. Um, So that's kind of what really like triggered my love of color and vibrant prints of you know, beautiful textural embroidery. And that's mainly what I was doing when I worked there. So even though I was an assistant designer, um, the team was so small and I was actually able to design the prints and um, embroideries. So yeah, it was an amazing experience and I loved it. I probably would have stayed there forever um, if my family was closer. Oh, <laughs> But shoot. Yeah, I mean, you know how hard it is. My mom's also my best friend, so it was really hard to be so far away. Um, So I started looking for a new job to move back to New York, and uh, I was able to get hired at Allison Olympia. Um, And it was funny because back then, Zoom calls and video interviews, like, that wasn't very popular. So. Yeah, I mean, it was like 2013, I think, and um, nowadays, it's normal, but um, I, you know, did a Zoom interview, or I, it wasn't Zoom at the time, I Skype, I guess, um, right. and was able to get hired and then move back to New York to work for Alice and Olivia, um, and so that was uh, obviously another brand that was super influential on me, uh-huh. um, Bright Colors, and... Fun prints, and um, so I was there. And then um, I decided that I wanted more creative freedom, and started. I I left Alice and Olivia to become freelance and um, design prints and embroideries for brands. And um, Alice and Olivia was actually like one of my first clients as well. So I left, and then was freelancing for them. um, right after I left still, which was great. Um, and I, as you mentioned, worked for a variety of brands, um, both contemporary, um, fat, I mean, not, I don't know, American Eagle's not fast fashion, but, um, you know, lower end, um, and then as well as luxury. Um, and so I did that and then began freelancing for Sam Edelman, And at the time, Sam was working on, um, he had just started some licensing with uh, dresses and um, outerwear. So I was brought on to freelance and do prints and embroidery for that, and then ended up becoming full-time and um, working for him for uh, about three years and did all the prints and embroideries for, the licenses, the shoes, the accessories, and um, yeah, so that was a great experience, and you know I was able to travel to China and see how things are manufactured, and then um, I left there in two thousand seventeen, I think maybe two thousand eighteen. Okay. Um, and went back to being freelance again, and um, then. That is basically what's led up to now, which is Olivia.
0: Yes, and for those people in our audience who do not, they may not know, what does it mean to be a print designer? What? How does that even come about? What's that process like?
1: Right, so um, a lot of, yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't even realize that this is a career. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically anytime you see a print on your, on your dress, whether it's a floral, a stripe, um, you know, a lot of right now painterly prints are really in like vibrant, uh, vibrant painted florals, and um, even like abstract marble prints. Um, Somebody designed that. And um, somebody did the original artwork, like they actually painted it. Um, or they did it on the computer, like they created it through Photoshop or um, another CAD program. And um, yeah, so somebody actually designed that. And I, I, it's so funny that you say that because when I was younger, even in the beginning of Parsons, like my first few years, I never even realized that this could be a career. <laughs> so a lot of people don't don't realize that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. You just don't really think about the... The, you know the actual design of the print, but that certainly right. is a, you know, if not the one of the most important <laughs> parts of a piece. Where did the idea for a Olivia come from?
1: So I, um, my my whole life, I've always kind of felt a calling to work with people with uh, special needs, um, and and volu- and you know always had a passion for volunteering. Uh, my mom was a special ed teacher, so I think it's maybe part of like my DNA. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've always just just had this passion. And um throughout the fashion industry, my or my career in the fashion industry, I always kind of felt this emptiness. And I I always felt in my heart that I wanted to make more of an impact with what I was doing on a day-to-day basis. And the way that the fashion industry was moving and still is moving, which is amazing. um, It's kind of heading more towards that social impact Mm -hmm. trend where, you know, brands are now focusing on sustainability. They're focusing on ethical manufacturing. They're really trying to make the fashion industry a more pleasant um, contribution to society. And, I um, began so I after I left my full time job at Sam Edelman and went to freelancing. I began volunteering more and started volunteering at an organization called the Center of All Abilities, which is a nonprofit in New York City that works with um, youth and young adults who have developmental disabilities, so mainly autism. Um, But, you know, they work with individuals with Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, um, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, So I started volunteering there and leading a art therapy workshop on the weekends. And I'm not a trained art therapist. It was just like as a volunteer. Mm -hmm. But I saw this incredible talent. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I just, if you've ever worked, you know, or, you know, if you know anyone with special needs, they have just unbelievable gifts that just surpass like what, you know, a lot that you and I can even do. And I saw this artwork and I immediately, the way that my brain works, I was like, this needs to be on a dress. This needs to be on a scarf. Um, You know, because that's what my career was, is I was the one painting the flowers and I was the one painting the artwork and then transforming it into prints for garments. So I immediately saw this and I was like, wow, this would be awesome on a dress, you know, whatever it was. And um, I kind of was thinking back to kind of the trends and, and the movement in the fashion industry, like I mentioned earlier, and I brought the idea to my husband who is much more business-minded than I am Um, and I said, hey, what if we, you know, had a fashion line that was using the artworks by these individuals with disabilities and using that as our prints and, you know, donating back to to continue providing their art therapy, basically kind of pitched him a very rough, rugged (laughs) version of what is now a Libya, And he loved it. And he was like, you're on to something. And we kind of went from there.
2: That's great.
0: I know. And then tell us about how much of designing a print is digital versus something that you do by hand. And has that changed, for example, maybe since you were in school to now?
1: Yes, it actually, so back in the day, like, you know, back in the very, very beginning history of print design, everything was done by hand. And I mean, even the repeats, like, which blows my mind because I've only ever done repeats on the computer. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, you know, they would even create wood blocks and um, manually repeat motifs. And nowadays, um, a lot of brands, majority of brands, I'd say, still work in that traditional sense where they are creating the original artwork by hand, mm-hmm. like actually painting the the flower motif or whatever, um because you know that's what what you can create by hand is just so much has so much more integrity than what is done on the computer. So a lot of times they'll will create something by hand, you'll scan it into the computer and then play with it on the computer, change the colors, create um, you know repeats, create print placements, um, different scale options. So now it's I'd say it's very much intertwined Mind. um but but with that said a lot of brands I'm sure um especially if it's like a basic stripe or polka dot that's just done digitally like that's just 100% created on um a program like photoshop yeah photoshop it's
0: so interesting how yeah did you, how did you choose the name Olivia
1: yes this is my favorite question <laughs> I love when people ask this um because I I think it's such a you know, unique story. Um, so Alivia actually stands for um, our basic human values of, of our company. So awareness, love, inclusion, voice, individuality, and acceptance. So it's kind of what we stand for and what our whole ethos is. It's
2: That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you what steps did you take to start the company after you talked to your husband?
1: Right. So (laughs) Obviously I would not have had a clue as to what to do um, because my brain is not wired that way. Um, I would have just like started designing and not have thought about anything else. Um, But after bringing it to Brandon, we um, kind of looked at the market. We looked at, you know, is there a gap because there's so many brands out there and there's new brands popping up every day that you know aren't going to even have the chance to succeed because they look just like another brand um and there's no differentiation so we we reassessed the market we saw that within that conscious consumer um kind of social impact space there there was a gap and we agreed that you know a lot of brands that are social impact and sustainably focused um, are, are very minimal, very neutral colors. They're like your awesome basics, mm-hmm. but nobody was really doing um, amazing prints and vibrant colors. And so we realized there was that gap right there that we could tackle. Um, and then from there, we we realized, okay, let's do this. We kind of put our uh, business plan together. We talked to the nonprofit that I had been volunteering at and approached them to see if they would be our first partner. And they loved the idea. They were all for it. They, you know, anything to to highlight uh, these individuals and, and try to bring focus to their talents rather than their disability is, right. you know, what, yeah, what they stand for, what we stand for. So yeah, we brought it to them. That was a go ahead. And then I started basically designing, I started collecting the artworks um, from the individuals that I was working with. Um, I started, you know, taking them, scanning them into the computer, and playing around with the colors and the scales and creating repeats. And I ended up creating, and this was not part of our original plan, but because each artist that we're highlighting has such a unique style, Mm -hmm. I created sort of little capsules. At first, you know, at first I was like, oh, we'll merge the artworks together and create, you know, one big collection, one, you know, one print. There were a few prints that had multiple artworks from different artists, but then I I realized they had such unique voices within their art, and so I did kind of little capsules um, to to really highlight who they were as as people and and really show off their creative vision. And yeah, so we does kind of the design process. Um, obviously, the silhouettes. Um, I started sketching the silhouettes and working with a pattern maker. Um, I spent a lot of time on um r and d so a lot a lot a lot of research on fabrics mm-hmm. uh printing methods um you know how can we get the best you know uh, showcase how, what fabric is going to showcase our the vibrant colors and the original brush strokes and um you know we did that and um yeah then that was kind of you know as far as building the line Uh, That's, that's how the steps, those are the steps we took for that.
0: What are the pros and cons of working with your husband?
1: Oh gosh, (laughs) I will start with the pros because I'm a very positive person. (laughs) Um, I, you know, he, I've said this before, but he is the smartest person I know. He's like a Walking business encyclopedia. Um, he literally knows everything about business. Um, and I know nothing, so it's it's the perfect, um, you know, we totally balance each other out with our skills. yeah, um, and you know, something great about working with your husband is that at the end of the day, no matter how stressful things get, how, you know, you may argue or fight or whatever. At the end of the day, you know that you love each other and, um, you know, it's, there's no hard feelings where working with a business partner, you know, there may be that tension. Um, (laughs) exactly. Which I'm sure you guys know as well, working together. It's, there's like, there's definitely pros and there's obviously cons as well. But I think at the end of the day, it kind of lends itself to providing a longer, longer-lasting business relationship because we're in it for the long haul together.
2: Exactly. So, that makes sense. And the
1: yeah, and and the cons though are definitely, you know, the arguments. <laughs> um, I I. Th- probably annoy him I mean I know I annoy him um because I'm trying to learn the business side just for my own knowledge and I think I ask about 50,000 questions a day so
2: yeah
1: um, but
2: you do the same thing too all the terms
1: yep exactly today
2: is just like you took notes you need to read the notes yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly <they> exactly <sighs>
2: oh my goodness okay the pros and the cons of launching a business during a worldwide pandemic
1: (laughs) oh gosh yeah so this was not something we ever planned on probably the worst timing possible but we had always planned on an April 2020 launch and that was to kind of coincide with Autism Awareness Month Mm -hmm. Um, because the three artists that we're working with all have um, autism so we figured what better month than to to launch their collections and showcase their talents to the world than the month that is really focused on on showcasing the talents of autism. Wow. Um so yeah, we we had you know big plans, um, some you know press opportunities we were really excited for that you know the artists were gonna take part in so that they were able to um, you know, be a part of this exciting launch. Uh, we had some pop-ups and trunk shows planned and obviously everything was canceled. (laughs) So, um, you know, it was definitely a con in that sense. Like we had much bigger plans for our launch and, um, you know, to get brand awareness, we had, you know, major things that we were excited to do. Um, and not to mention it also really affected our production, our supply chain. Right. Uh, be- yeah, it was, luckily, I mean, I'm so thankful that we had our, um, we do half of our production in the US in mm-hmm. in New York City. And we had just picked up our production in New York City right before lockdown. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we got, yeah, we got half of it, but then the other half um, is produced in India. And okay. that, so they ended up locking down like right before they were supposed to ship out our production
2: oh.
1: and they weren't even allowed to leave their homes. So we, yeah, so we weren't able to, to get our production in time and actually it's now coming next week, finally, now that they lifted lockdown and, um, so everything has just been on pre-order. Right. Um, Right, so yeah, those are definitely the cons, but the pros are, I feel like we had we had the whole month of April to really share the artist's stories through right. our own, right, through our own Instagram and through our own kind of website, and um, you know we had time to to make tweaks on our website, um, you know, spend more time like perfecting things. And then um, we also were able to start really building a community, which I think is such, and as you guys know as well, like, that's like the most important thing that a brand can have. Sure. And um, we, you know, we really focused on on sharing the stories and building this community. Um, and we actually came out with um, a really fun thing that we do every Saturday that it's called Saturday Smiles. and. We highlight uh, different uh, news stories that feature individuals with disabilities and the amazing things that they're doing, um, and that's that's like really helped with with building a community and, sure. and meeting like-minded people um, who care about the cause. Yes. So.
2: Yes. Definitely. Yeah. So when you talk uh, about the um, you you mentioned the fact that you have you're showcasing three just three artists right now Mm -hmm. you do sort of like mini capsule collections or how many a year are you going to do how does that work
1: right so we've now structured it where we're just doing um, basically mini capsules that highlight one individual artist and that way they have their own um, you know we're able to really clearly tell their story and share their artistic vision um, and so we launched with three. Um, we you'll see on our website, uh, William Choi, he's the uh, the collection that's actually available right now. Um, and then we do have two, uh, Yu Chen and Alan Lee, who they have scarves available right now, but then we'll be launching their collections later, um, just because due to covid we had to push some things back <laughs> um but yeah so we aim we're we're aiming to do 6 to 9 capsules a year um and we're you know as part of our our business model is we we want to be as sustainable as possible so we don't necessarily want to put anything on sale we you know we don't want to um, mm-hmm. we don't want to view these as like seasons we want it to be more as it's about the artist. It's about the you know the artwork in a way, and yeah. and um, yeah. So that's kind of our 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 business model. But and and I say we don't want seasons, but we will obviously be launching um, you know appropriate things right. when the seasons come around. So it'll just be with that one particular artist or within their capsule.
2: It's like a whole new business model. I love
1: it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I also forgot to mention that we will be partnering with different nonprofit organizations every, uh, every capsule. So um, the first capsule, the first three are with the Center for All Abilities, which is the one that I was volunteering with. Mm-hmm. But going forward, we have a network of nonprofit art therapy programs that we're yep. going to be partnering with. So that way, our 10% of every sale will be able to reach more, um, yeah. more nonprofits and more individuals, highlight more individuals as well.
0: Right, I think art is such an incredible medium for so many things, whether it's grief, abilities, everything, inspiration, I mean millions and millions of different reasons why it's wonderful. So this leads perfectly into the next question, which is what are your thoughts on fashion as art? We definitely believe that art is fashion and fashion is art and that's always a debate that people have. I believe it
1: too. (laughs) Um, I absolutely do. Um, and I think, you know, especially with print and embroidery, I mean, that's literal art and, um, you know, it's not, maybe a lot of people think, oh, art is fashion. It's, it's couture. It's, you know, one, of you know, hand painted silk that's, you know, one off. Um, but it's not, I think that, you know, you can look at anything, even furniture you can look at and, and see it as art. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a design form.
2: Sure. And
1: I think that what I love about our brand is in, you know, by wearing one of our pieces, it's obviously a very colorful, has beautiful art on it. You're almost like, it's almost like a blank canvas that you're, that we put art on and then you're wearing it. And, um, it's it's highlighting the abilities and the talents of, of the creator that painted those
2: those right. things
1: that are on your clothing. It's
2: literally art that you're wearing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Terrible art.
1: Exactly.
2: When you mentioned about the um, your sustainability method or whatever, your can you explain that a little bit more to us? Because I think it's a really good one.
1: Yeah. Um, so You know, the whole fashion industry is really pushing, um, trying to be more conscious with sustainable fabrics and sustainable selling. So, um, we try to be sustainable as possible in everything we do. Um, Our fabric, we only use recycled or um, like regenerated fibers. Um, Yeah. So, you know, we want to make sure that. If it, if it isn't, if it is a synthetic, it has to be recycled. It can't be, um, it can't be a virgin poly or virgin synthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also, um, you know, obviously any type of cotton or, um, silk will be organic. Um, all of our paper goods are created from SSC recycle certified, uh, recycled paper. Um, so, you know, in, in terms of our materials, we really focus on that. And then our printing method is also sustainable. So we use a sublimation printing, which um, it's a form of digital printing that doesn't um, need water. So it's, it's all heat based. And it, um, the dye is kind of, they basically like release non-toxic gases that then that's how like the fibers are penetrated. Um, so it, it's a much more sustainable way of printing and you're able to get really beautiful color, um, vibrant detail, and um, all of our, something that we also require from all of our mills and factories is they have to be OkioTechs uh, Certified 1000 which means that no harmful chemicals um, are used within processing a fabric um, or any material. So I think, you know, we, we try to be as sustainable as possible. And I know there's always ways that right. um, new technologies that, you know, are going to allow us to get even better.
2: Yeah. My two questions about that are one, how did you learn about that? How do you even find those fabrics? And the other one is, isn't it more expensive to do it this way? Yes.
1: Um, Unfortunately, it is um, much more costly. But um, with that said, it's now that I think the mills are finally catching on, um, that this is the trend. And so I think the reason one of the main reasons that it was even more expensive um, in the beginning of this whole sustainability movement is because there weren't that many mills able to to treat fabrics sustainably or create sustainable fabrics. They didn't have the practices, the equipment, um, the technology in place, but now things are starting to get better. Um, It's the hardest thing for a new brand and being sustainable is finding um, mills that are work will work with low minimums. Right. So that was definitely took a lot of time to research and, you know, talk with a bunch of different mills mm-hmm. um and you know finally able to find someone that was able to work with us on a low minimum mm-hmm. um but you know that's the the great thing with this with the um sublimation printing is that they can do really low minimums and that um you know they're not opening screens or, or big like rotary sheets, they're able like which is traditionally how things are printed. Um, because it's dig- a di- form of digital printing, they can execute lower minimums, okay. and yeah, so that's you know really great. It just the pricing, we're still um, you know there's still not a ton of options um, like for competitive right. pricing, but but they're getting there
2: slowly your price point is, is a wonderful price point. You know, I feel like, oh, you. all, I mean, it's, you know, I, I worry about, you know, young brands having to, to, to turn towards sustainability and the fact that it's more expensive and they're recovering from COVID, but in, in, you know, you've been able to do this and keep your quality and keep your prices from being, you know, exorbitant, like, you know, a month's rent. So I just really, <laughs> do really commend you for that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. It was definitely a lot of research and I think it also um, really helps being direct to consumer because your, your margins allow for that. Um, you know, as we hopefully um, in the future, will begin to do wholesale. Um, we're going to have to probably readjust some things, um, you know, just because the yeah, the the margins we're going to have to rework a lot and and probably do a lot more research and going back and forth with the mills again. Um, But yeah, that is the beauty of direct-to-consumer.
0: Tell us about your goal of having a fully inclusive supply chain. Right, so this
1: is like one of my, it's been one of my dreams for a long time and um, it's definitely part of our, sort of impact um, trajectory in the future, Mm -hmm. hopefully within within 10 years, at least. Um, We would love to have sort of a training arm um, where we would be able to train individuals with disabilities who are interested in working in the fashion industry and then employ them. So employ them in all areas of the design and supply chain Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, working with me on the digital prints, like, you know, reworking the prints, creating the repeats, uh, from working, um, you know, even manufacturing, cutting, sewing, um, to then distribution, packing, um, you know, warehousing to then even at the very front of the business, which would be like if we were to ever have brick and mortar working Mm -hmm. in the store and selling. Yeah. So that's kind of the goal. Um, And it is, it's definitely, um, you know, unfortunately with government um, regulations and um, you know, they, they um, have a lot of, they provide subsidies for individuals with disabilities. So there's a lot of work around that needs to be done, um, you know, in order to make this, this dream of reality. Um, mm-hmm. cause every state is actually different with how they, they, um, you know, with social security, with, with disability. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's like a whole thing that I don't know much about, but I'm slowly been educating myself and, um, trying to figure out, actually have already partnered with an organization in, um, New York called Spectrum Designs. And they actually do the, this exact thing, they train and employ individuals with um, autism mm-hmm. to work um, doing t-shirt printing, um, t-shirt embroidery. So all of our t-shirts and tote bags are made uh, from Spectrum Designs, and they are—they're um, actually a nonprofit. So every everything that's purchased through them from our side, from you know any other company that works with them. Um, they funnel right back into the company to continue to employ and to train and employ individuals with disabilities.
0: That's
2: wonderful. Yeah, that's so, so, so interesting. It just brings like a whole nother level of depth to, right. to you know, wearing clothes. Mm-hmm. It's just a right. full circle event.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's what we like to say as well.
2: Yes. So we, we kind of talk, we've we already talked about the pricing, but on top of that you're donating 10% of the proceeds from each purchase? We can,
1: yeah, we donate the 10% of every sale directly to the nonprofit to support their art therapy. Um, but we've actually, uh, some people have emailed and they've been like, oh, why doesn't the artist directly get that 10%? And um, that's something that I had really wanted to push for in the beginning. Uh-huh. Um, that they would be benefiting directly from it, but as I mentioned, the government, um, all the government's rules, um, you know, it it's not necessarily uh possible, in in some states, but also, um, we want to, the ten percent to go back to the nonprofit to continue supporting right. um creators. So, you know, art therapy, it can be very, very expensive. And a lot of times government funding doesn't cover art therapy. I mean, it doesn't even cover arts and schools. Right. Um, You know, it's very, very low funded. And um, so we wanted to continue providing art therapy um, throughout these, you know, with all of our our local partners.
2: Okay, tell us about giving back since you donate 10% of the proceeds from your purchases.
1: Right, so we give ten percent of every um, purchase directly back to the nonprofit that we're partnering with for that capsule, um, and that's because we want the that ten percent to continue funding art therapy for for that particular creator that we're highlighting, but also other creators to come, um, because art therapy um, is it can be very expensive a lot of times the government, um, doesn't fund art therapy programs or you can't use your funding towards it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and something else is that the artists, um, that we highlight are creating that artwork within their art therapy program. So, you know, they're doing it, um, and getting just as much out of being in art therapy and creating that artwork. So it, it kind of, yeah, it kind of goes full circle when you donate that back to the art therapy program. You know, we want to highlight these these nonprofits, bring awareness to the amazing things they're doing, um, as well as continue to help with their funding and, um, you know, to help others, other creators for years to come.
0: Well, which leads perfectly into the next question. What is art therapy?
1: Right, so art therapy is I mean it's to me one of the most therapeutic things art in general is one of the most ther- therapeutic things that you can do um, i I something beautiful um, about it is that it's it's a very powerful form of expression and um, that can be so beneficial for people who have who have disabilities um, or special needs um, you know, it, it provides, it, it uses a part of the brain that, um, you know, it, it's accessed in a different way. So, you know, if you have trouble communicating verbally, like a lot of individuals with autism do, um, you know, painting and drawing is a way for you to communicate and, um, you know, express yourself. And um, that's, that's actually, you know, what, and, you know, that's what we tried to highlight within our um, our individual artist collections is that we we want it to really express who they are. Um, mm-hmm. And it it's also wonderful for um, developing motor skills, um, you know, developing uh, self-awareness. Um, it's great for sensory regulation. Um, a lot of individuals, especially with autism, have sensory uh, sensitivities to sensory issues and um, to senses so they really really benefit from art therapy
2: mm, so great what in well this is the same thing then what impact does using the artist's work and your designs have on them how do they feel when they find out that you've taken their art and put it on you know a dress for example
1: oh my gosh it's the most rewarding thing in the world to, to you know, if I could go back and relive these moments Mm -hmm. where I was able to show them what I did with their artwork and, you know, when, when they saw their artwork on a dress or a t-shirt, um, it's just, it's so touching because it's, you see how proud and excited Mm -hmm. they are. Um, you know, it, it gives them like a sense of, of purpose and a sense of accomplishment. And, um, it's in, in in such a unique way, you know, in a way that they've never probably felt before. Right. Um, but something else that I always think is equally um, exciting and amazing is seeing the parents' um, reaction as well because, you know, as a parent, um, it's to, to learn that your child has a disability. Mm -hmm. Um, that can be so disheartening and, you know, you wonder what, what's their future holds, what, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what are they going to make with their life? And then you can see, wow, like their artwork, look at what, what Mm -hmm. it's doing. And like, it's, it's just so exciting. It gives them hope. And, um, you know, it's a very, very proud moment for them as well.
2: That is so rewarding. That is just exactly. Magnificent. Mm-hmm. It's true. So what is your vision for Olivia coming up? Oh
1: gosh, so I mean I the long term um, sort of impact goal, as I mentioned, was to provide an inclusive supply chain,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but also to continue developing um, partnerships with uh, local art therapy organizations and to continue um, highlighting a variety of disabilities. You know, we our first collection is highlighting um, creators with autism, but we want to work with all different types of disabilities and really bring awareness to the talents that these people have and hopefully inspire other companies and just other individuals to see beyond the disability and to, to look past that. Um, and, and focus on, you know, the the capabilities and talents that these people have. Um, some of our immediate goals, though, are we're, we're hoping that spring 2021, we can begin doing wholesale. Um, and, you know, eventually we, you know, we want to be the next big social impact brand, kind of, you know, what Tom's is for, okay. for shoes and that, you know, the buy one, give one. We want to be right up there as, you know, where the the bright color, vibrant dresses, full of expression that also uh, impacts people with disabilities in a positive way.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Where can people find you on your website and Instagram?
1: Yes. So our website is shopalivia.com. And our Instagram is Olivia and underscore underscore. So there's two underscores. <laughs> uh, brand. So Olivia underscore underscore
0: brand. Okay, so tell us about you are going to offer a special discount code for our listeners. So tell us what the code is and what percentage off they get on your website. Right.
1: So we are offering. Uh, the discount code TSTBU10 um, for ten percent off anything at
0: our um, on our e-commerce site. That is lovely, and we highly encourage everyone to go check out the website and the Instagram. You will certainly be seeing us supporting, sporting, and supporting our Alivia pieces out and about town, and mostly digitally at this point. I <laughs> can't wait.
1: That's right. Digitally right now. <laughs>
0: oh. Oh, well, thank you so much. This was so wonderful and lovely and refreshing, a breath of fresh air to learn about this incredible brand. And cause. thank you for coming on the Style That Finds
2: Us podcast.
1: Thank you guys so much. I love you too. And um, it was such an honor to be here. We
2: are so proud of what you're doing.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to see you guys in your Olivia
0: garments.
2: <laughs> yes, us too. If
0: you like what you heard, tell a friend about our show, subscribe to our podcast, and also scroll to the bottom and give a rating and or a review. Those are the best ways for other people to find out about our podcast.
2: See you next time. Bye.